Hello. Welcome to Terror Talk with Shannon and Kathy. Hello, Kathy. Hello. Hello. It's our Halloween show. I love it. <gasps> so good. This is the episode we really live for each year. <laughs> I know. It's going to be fun. We're going to talk Scarecrow movies. That's the thickness of the meat of the show you today. Know, they're, they're really terrifying. Yeah. I watched a few. Kathy watched a few. I will be very interested to know if we watched any of the same stuff. Yeah, I same. imagine there will be a couple of overlap because honestly, there weren't that many. I mean, I there's f- a lot of slop to watch. Yeah. I found quite a few. I think I watched like four or five. Me but, too. Yeah. Me too. So that'll be cool. That'll be the meat of the show uh we'll do our normal watches etc our reviews of some movies later on in the show as we always do in between segments there's going to be some stories uh yours truly read some uh stories submitted by listeners so a couple stories today there'll be a couple more along the way as well so that we're doing but first in this opening segment we have things to speak of i would like to open with this Miss Kathy. Okay. You have a gift. I do. This is a birthday gift that we did not get to because it hadn't arrived yet. This is from our friend, patron, and musician, Ice. Oh. And this is your birthday gift. That's amazing. I'm going to throw it at you. I'll see if I can. I got it. Boom. She got it. All right. That's what you do, Ice. This is a little birthday something. Oh, oh my God. How do you find this? What is it? it, it you haven't looked at it? Uh-uh. It's tourist trap socks yeah? with the chick on it. I think that's what it is. Hold on. Let me open. Let me make sure. Yeah, yeah. Let me make sure Go that's what it. it looks like. All right. The tenant in room something is very twist. Oh, no, it's basket case. <laughs> <laughs> he found me basket case socks O-M-G and he's on the sock there's a lot of graphic on those socks and the the ladies here yelling wow these are and they're very soft oh nice at first for it, the winter at first it looked like one of our masks that's oh, what I thought it was yeah right but it's basket case socks <laughs> the other movie that you guys have, always talk about as many t-shirts as I have that are horror, between you and I, so I'm going to have horror, a collection of horror socks. Yep. We're, we're getting you there. So that's it. cool. I love it. Right I love on. It. So happy birthday from Ice. Thank you. <laughs> and also, I wanted to ask you, I know that you have been talking about on the show, this event that you were oh. going to go to called Reign of Terror. 40 minutes of awesomeness. <laughs> this is such a great, so, you know, we remember I talked to the guy when we were at Midsummer Scream and yes. I had told him, I said, you guys are the best kept secret. Because they're a smaller company that does, you know, their haunted house every year in Thousand Oaks, California. Um, It's an award-winning walk-through haunted house uh, featuring more than 130 costume rooms um, in 10 different interconnected sections. So there's all these different themes, right? But the, the props, I would say, are even better than Universal, That's amazing. Um, Which is really a lot for me to say, just because, you know, I love Universal. And and some of it's just very similar to that. It was really, really good this year. We went uh, last year, or maybe I guess it it was earlier on this year, because they had 
made it later because they didn't do it last year oh, for, gotcha. um, they did gotcha. it in like January, February and we went and it was really good. They changed it up a little bit and it was flipping amazing. They said they had their, you know, their demons flying on the, the harness again across the thing. <laughs> and this time they were really low. I had to duck or they would have hit me. And then my friend got freaked out because I mean, who wouldn't she's yeah. walking through and this guy came from the ceiling and grabbed her. You I know? was going to say, what was your favorite scare? It sounds like her favorite scare would have been that one. Yeah. Th there <laughs> were quite a few actually. It was, it was, it's done really well. And there's so many different themed rooms and there's like a pirate theme where you're walking and the whole bridge beneath your feet is moving. Like oh, it's really cool. That's killer. And then they have the swamp uh, lights. So it looks like you're walking through a lagoon and it feels like it's, it, it's really, really cool. The props are awesome. So, so cool. I'm not sure if we're going to do this, but if we do, I think you need to come with us in two weeks. Yeah. I think it's the weekend after Halloween. Yeah. They do one last event called lights out and they do it completely do it in, in the, the dark. dark. Oh my God. So Don's never done it, but we're like, we, we imagine there's probably like black lights or something that make it more terrifying. So we're looking into whether there's tickets left to go. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it'll be totally worth it. And you have to experience, I mean, we, poor Laura, she was like screaming and crying in between oh, the no. two of us. Like, I mean, oh, no. for, uh, you know, fun, but yeah, she, no. she gets terrified. And so, uh. uh, they did a really good job. So if you're in the Southern California area and you've never done reign of terror, I really, really recommend it. Awesome. Yeah. I know you also had a news item and oh, what we're yeah. going to do is Kathy's got a, a fun news item to share and then we're going to straight out of the gate talk about our experience going to see Halloween Kills. So, uh, so we'll do that right apropos after. of our episode. Fantastic. Uh, listing for Nightmare on Elm Street home has a spooky twist. So I don't know if you saw this, Go ahead. but the residence is... Uh, listed for 3.25 million. This is from Nightmare on Elm Street 1. It's actually in Brentwood, California, but they had to shoot it in di from different angles because there were palm trees because it actually takes place in this really in this false neighborhood in Ohio. That's mm. where it's supposed to be taking place. So the listing bids are due on Halloween by midnight. So if anybody would like to bid for this house, 3.25 million dollars and the bidding is due on Halloween, which I think is really cool. So yeah, the facade really still looks exactly the same to how it did in the movie with the green shingles, wow. um, the portico entry, but the bright red front door is, you know, painted black now. They did change that. So it's on sale. That's a lot of fun. Nightmare on Elm Street. Who the hell would want to live there? <laughs> oh, oh, I imagine somebody will buy it for the, I don't know, the... Airbnb, Airbnb business type. Yeah, of totally. Like a tourist. Yeah, yeah. A tourist trap. A touristy trap. So here's what we did. <clears throat> We've been talking about last time there was a Halloween movie in 2018. You and I went to see it and enjoyed the heck out of it. And this time the next one came out. So Halloween Kills came out uh, last week or what have you, a couple weeks ago. Uh, 2021 it is the second in the threesome that is going on right now and next year halloween ends is supposed to come out they were supposed to do it in three years in succession but of course covid right so there was that let me just read you the thing so we're all official it's directed and written by david gordon green 
Uh, there was a couple of other writers as well, Danny McBride, Scott Teams, other people that got some credits, produced by uh, Jason Blum et al. Uh, distributor was Universal Pictures. Minutes after Laurie Strode, played by Miss Jamie Lee, her daughter Karen and granddaughter Allison left un- left masked monster Michael Myers caged and burning in Laurie's basement. <laughs> yeah. Lori Let is, it burn! <laughs> Let it burn! Lori is rushed to the hospital and screams, Let it burn, on her way with life-threatening injuries, believing she finally killed her lifelong tormentor. But see, that happens at the beginning of the movie, so we know that's not going to happen. Right. But when Michael manages to free himself from Lori's trap, his ritual bloodbath resumes, and oh, does it, as Lori fights her pain and prepares to defend herself against him, she inspires all of Haddonfield to rise up against their unstoppable monster. The Strode women join a group of other survivors of Michael's first rampage who decide to take matters into their own hands, forming a vigilante mob that sets out to hunt Michael down once and for all. Evil dies tonight is the cry. Yeah. So Kathy and I, uh, Kathy bought some tickets I showed up. We went to a big movie theater, so it was a big crowd. That was fun. Yeah, it'd been a while since I'd been in a crowded movie theater. Like yeah, that. that was a big crowd because yeah. the movie theater we normally go to actually just isn't as frequented. It's one of the reasons why we like it. It's yeah. actually bigger. It is. The The rooms are bigger and it's And the less, seats are more comfortable. And the seats are recline <laughs> yeah. and there's a lot less people that go to that one because it's kind of like deeper into the San yeah. Fernando Valley. So not as many people go there. So that's when we, but we, this time we decided to go to like a more populated one. So it was big crowd. So there were people jeering at the screen and people talking yeah. and stuff. So it was that vibe. So like got, the scream two vibe when everyone's yes. like, Shut up! <laughs> yeah. so you got to be prepared for yeah. that. Right. There was like at one point, somebody walked in front oh, of the, the tele- projector, the projector in the back. Sit and everyone's like, down. Sit down. I was like, wow, I feel like I'm in like a 1990s movie theater yeah. where, where you can actually walk in front of the projector and people will. Yell I know it's pretty crazy. I couldn't believe that. Anyway. So we settled in. She got her big thing of popcorn that's bigger than her whole body. Ate the whole thing. <laughs> Eats the whole thing every time. Yep. So proud of you. Thanks. I may have to make some later. I got <laughs> I got my pretzel bites. We sat in and we settled in for this. And the opening scene, as you guys have probably seen in all the trailers and everything, is Michael Myers coming out of that burning home, mm-hmm. which is pretty cinematic, so to speak. Yeah. So what did you think overall i definitely have thoughts i thought it was terrible yeah it's a second right it's a sophomore effort it is it is a bridge to the last one it is but Um, it's not a great standalone movie but here's the problem the biggest problem i had with it and then i'll see i want to see what you think i wanted more lori okay first of all but here even without lori here was my thing you're taking a film 40 years later with two of the most pivotal characters who are grown, Tommy Doyle, Lindsay Wallace, right? The two little kids from Halloween one, which is one of my favorite horror movies ever for all the reasons we talked about. And on was the last so show. excited to see that they were characters. So in excited the movie. to see their characters and waiting for the development of these characters because they're so pivotal. It's very Lindsay had about five minutes of screen time and Tommy Doyle was a fucking idiot. Yeah. And it was, I mean, I don't think it was Anthony Michael Hall's fault. I think they directed him this way. It was written that way. And 
the whole movie was centered on too many people we didn't care about. Mm -hmm. Rather than focusing on Tommy and Lindsay, fine, just make it about them. Mm -hmm. Let Lori recover in the hospital for the next film and she can still have her parts. But they wasted two amazing, just historical characters of this franchise. They threw them out. And that to me was the worst part. And, And Michael was, there was just no rhyme or reason to any of it. It was so poorly executed. I agree with all of that. What I would say is that it absolutely does set up a third movie, right? Yes, it does. So it it's like a little bridge movie. So you see where they're going to go with it. But that doesn't allow you to just make some kind of vigilante justice movie in the middle. No, and we waited for this. Yeah, yeah, we did. We sure did. I guess my thing was that here, here's the way I saw it. I don't know if obviously this is what happened, but you know, a lot of horror movies have a social justice message this at this point in time. Right. And I feel like they got caught up in that. They did. I feel and like it didn't work. I feel like that they wanted to do that because they saw how that's the trend. They, they got inspired. I don't, I don't imagine that they weren't inspired. Obviously when you write something, you get inspired. So they got inspired. There's like, Oh, well we can make it this, that or the other. And they made it, they made it try to have a social justice thing, which in order for that to work, as we know from watching very successful movies that do that is you have to care about the characters. You have to care about the message. You have to see the, the gray in the humanity of it. So Anthony Michael Hall is sort of a vigilante mob leader in this. Tommy Doyle becomes a guy obsessed with uh, vigilante justice against Michael It felt Myers. like a ca- the Capitol riot, although it was before that happened, but it had a very similar sort of feel to it, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, who knows where they were shooting or how they were writing or what was going yeah. on when that was going on. It felt like that. And I get yeah. I get ripping from the headlines. Like, I get making it political. I get But it was so disjointed. It just... I, I think one of the other things, the reason why it might not have succeeded in that way either is because Anthony Michael Hall's character didn't have both. Like I didn't care about him not and understand why his trauma was leading him to, to act, that to act totally irresponsibly and horribly, right? So that's right. what you really want to see when someone acts like that because we're all capable of it. Right. And we get that. They but, didn't spend any time developing him. We don't know where he's been for the last 40 years. No, and that would have been a great way to go. Even, even though I, f- generally speaking, find flashbacks pretty boring in the movies, that would have been a way to go too. It's just couple, sort of right? see his, yeah. Or have him tell his story. Whatever I don't care. it is, whatever it is. Here, here it is. Sorry to interrupt real quick before I forget this. This movie was not made for for Halloween fans. Well, I, I now I would disagree with you on that, but go okay. ahead. Tell me why. Because, why do you think that? Because I think that when I say Halloween fans, I mean the, the original Halloweens. Because this felt like a whole other story that did not at all connect to like Halloween 2018 or 2019 or whatever it was. That was what we were waiting for. It gave the lineage. We understood the trauma. It linked back to the first two, this one. Well, and it was Laurie Strode driven, right? It was Laurie Strode driven, but we had two characters that we could have really used in this because they were so pivotal and we wasted them. Well, and I would say that even, you know, there's a few signs. And I can see how what they're doing with Laurie Strode is they 
you know, intentionally because Jamie Lee Curtis is older now and probably said she didn't want to do as much action. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. So they put her in a role where she didn't have to do as much action. She has like less scenes. They're all talky talky. They're all in the hospital. So I understand from that perspective that you don't want Laurie Strode to be the the middle of your story anymore kind of thing. Yeah. But also that could have been even more interesting. They were trying to have her and the cop guy like develop something there. Yeah. And I could see what they were going for because there's that B story going on as well. But that didn't really succeed for me either. But I was genuinely more interested in that than the mob right. justice, strangely. But what you said about Halloween fans, and um, thank you for the clarification. I get what you're saying about like it being not for Halloween fans from one and two. Right. So I agree with that. What I think is that the people who I've seen who loved this movie are people who loved the first hour of Michael Myers being <laughs> brutal. I mean, yeah. the kills are he was brutal. brutal. He was brutal. They're brutal and they're... Uh, here's the thing, though. Here's... here's. I don't know. I don't know if it was my mood or what, but because it was so brutal and so many, it was really uncomfortable for me. Mm. It wasn't fun. Mm. You know, I'm really used to watching these movies, these slashers, yeah. and really enjoying the kills. Like, right, that's what we're all exercising. Right. And they're kind of campy. And yeah, yeah, sometimes they're kind of campy yeah, these and were funny. violent. It was very, very violent. And I don't have any problem with violent movies, obviously. Right. Yeah, exactly. But there was something about it. And I think maybe it was because the Vigil Annie thing was... Uh, I didn't like it at all. I don't like that Vigil Annie justice mm-hmm. through line storyline. Like I don't like the purge movies. Right. I was just about to say, then you're not a fan of the purge. No, I liked, I'm, I'm really I liked not. the first purge, but that was it. But I, I think a lot of people say that the first one was great. And then yeah. they made 45 more because the, well, because the first one, there's a lot more story. I just want a story. Yeah. And I think that's where we're all, where it's all yeah, falling there, apart for there us. There was is, no story. Is that we didn't like the story. Yeah. They tried to tell a story. I'm not saying that they didn't yeah. try to it tell was, a story. It was pretty disjointed though. But I, I did feel like there could have been a way to tell the story in a sequel, right? In a number two, which is a hard thing to do. A number two is a hard thing to do. I understand like the number two story in a three in a trilogy is, is usually kind of rough. Mm-hmm. It does have to be a bridge to the ending right Mm -hmm. but like you said like even just us you know we we come up with three or four ideas that would have served halloween fans a lot like i would have loved to see those stories and those characters developed i would have loved to have some feelings of caring about them michael myers just is completely without humanity now. I I feel like michael myers always had humanity. He did he did and and he even has it in 2018 well that's my thing is he yeah. always had humanity like we can they watch made, jason they made voorhees him like jason, they made him like jason voorhees well and we're going to talk next week about a couple more of the friday the 13th movies and even kane hotter makes jason voorhees have humanity yeah like you even see yeah. in his eyes and some well, of and the he, stupid he shit made, that they do he has humanity well and he made very he, he had a lot of awareness around the decisions he made with jason which is why he's so great as Jason. But yeah, no, I agree with you. There's trauma with Michael. There's all this stuff. This was like, he was some supernatural terrorist. Like it was bizarre, but also like, you know, if you'd never seen one and two, you wouldn't have known who Lindsay Wallace was. She Mm -mm. didn't even have a lot of screen time. And then the nurse, they wasted the nurse. So this is, what do you, what do you think? Do you think this is fan service to the new fans who've never even seen Halloween one and two? 
I, 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 because, don't, I'm not, because, I don't know. Because that, well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, okay, so if you've seen 2018 and that kicked it out of the park and now you've seen Halloween Kills, you don't really care about any of those characters that we're talking about from back in the day. Here's my thing is it's like I, I hedge saying... How can you not care about the first couple of movies? But I remember not caring about things that happened in the movies 40 years ago and like the lineage of things. So I get it. So, okay. So let's say you're the generation that's just going to watch Halloween 2018 and you're just going to watch this trilogy. Yeah. You could still make these characters amazing. They have that's a foundation. Right. You could still bring Tommy and Lindsay and whoever else into this thing and have them be fresh and new and mm -hmm. wonderful. Mm -hmm. And now I can see how they're putting them in number three but guess what? They've set up all this stuff. So if you don't, if you think that in number three is not going to have some of this fakakta in it, it's going <laughs> to, <laughs> right? So it's yeah. there. So now yeah. I'm real suspect. Yeah, I don't know. I, I hope they bring it home with number three. I hope that this was like a a bridge. We have to do this, and maybe maybe it's to. I, I'm having a lot. I'm trying to have hope here because. Well, maybe if, Anthony Michael Hall. Then now, after well, he's yeah. We we, we don't we don't really we, know. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. We with don't know that what's going to happen. So yeah, uh, you know, and and Jamie will be out of the Lori will be out of the hospital. So we yeah. don't know what she'll be doing. They'll probably make her a crisis negotiator, so she doesn't have to fight. I know, but I, I yeah, you know, I still go with uh, with Ice's um, <laughs> Ice's guess on what three will be, which is Lori ends up in hospice and. Um, <laughs> And Michael, you know, she she has it out in, in the hospital. With crutches. And yeah, Michael like dies of a heart so attack. So here's what I will say as well. And maybe you have some good points to offer as well. But what I would say is you will very much enjoy this movie if you like lots of gory, violent kills. Because there are lots of really interestingly shot. I thought yeah. the movie was shot well. And I did like the scene in the house with the, the two guys. Yes. That was fun. Yes. I think it's very cinematic. That I was think a beautiful you house. Definitely see it in the movie theater. Very cinematic. Uh, it's shot really well. Even the mob justice scenes that ultimately come to a climax, which I won't spoil for you, but that scene is very effective because it's very uncomfortable. I didn't like it very much. I don't like vigilante justice type of scenes movies content etc so that's just my personal thing mm -hmm. if you like that okay great it was very well shot i was i what i did to save myself was i sort of stepped back from the movie while in the movie theater and just looked at the beauty of it and i could appreciate the beauty of what they had created as filmmakers mm -hmm. i didn't enjoy the story i didn't care about any of the characters I started to even not care about Laurie Strode. Like it, it really dissolved yeah, into it did. yuckiness. But I can tell you it's beautiful. There's lots of gory kills, lots of that kind of stuff that's very well shot. There's some good humor in it too. And there was some good humor. So those are some of the positives. But, you know, I mean, I have a bias. And, and obviously I think you do too in general. Like we didn't care. Yeah. And, it, and it's very difficult to live up to standards of of long-term fans <laughs> i'm just uh it, it, i like blumhouse for its stuff but yeah. i don't it needs think, to be over there i don't blumhouse. think they should have done this i don't think this was their project understood okay that's what we think yeah uh, and so now we would like to do a little segment we like to call <laughs> 
I love the like. Sounded uh, like Horrorfest with cow. <laughs> <laughs> Who's cow? Who is cow? You're not a cow. Don't talk about yourself like that. Oh, just how we switch over so seamlessly. <laughs> right. Not. Not. Number one. There's two potential answers to this, depending on how you want to go okay. with this and who yeah. you want to choose. Yes, ma'am. How tall is Jason Voorhees? Okay. Yeah. I, I follow up questions, but I'm just going to go with it. And then the, I guess the second part to this question would be, who was the tallest villain across like, you know, the major slashers or major like horror okay. sci-fi. Okay. Okay. Um, number two, which iconic monster movie claims to be the most successful horror franchise in history? They claim to be about themselves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I would not have guessed this, but knowing the answer, it makes total sense. And okay, which okay. iconic monster movie got it claims to be the most successful horror franchise. So out of the monster movies, not the best like. Yep. Yeah. Number three, <laughs> which 90s horror movie won three Academy Awards? Okay. Number four, the Babadook scared the hell out of which horror director? <laughs> All of them, I hope. It's amazing. One one got real terrified by it. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> and number five, according to many people who knew this late director, he could not stand to look at his wife while she was pregnant. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Pick one. They probably all couldn't. I was going to say, that's kind of rough. I mean, but I know so many men who that's their favorite time with their wives. Yeah. So, okay. It'll make sense. It will make sense. I imagine it is uh, exactly who you think it is. <laughs> all right. So we will be right back. We are going to talk Scarecrow movies for our Halloween edition this year. And we're very much looking forward to it. And we hope you come back and join us. I'm loving the wolf. <laughs> I've been wanting the wolf for three years. It was made for you. I own. So between that and the basket case socks. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to your favorite day ever. All right. So now we are going to talk about scarecrow movies in particular and scarecrows in general. They're pretty <sighs> terrifying creatures. They are pretty terrifying. Uh, so a scarecrow is a decoy or mannequin often in, in the shape of a human. <laughs> I've seen so many scarecrow pictures this week that I don't need to see anymore. <laughs> humanoid <laughs> humanoid scarecrows are usually dressed in old clothes and placed in open fields to discourage birds from disturbing and feeding on recently cast seed and growing crops. Scarecrows are used across the world by farmers and are a notable symbol of farms in the countryside and popular culture. So for those of you who may not know what scarecrow was, that's what it is. Do you know what formido formidophobia is? Fear of scarecrows? Fear of scarecrows. That's amazing. I mean, they are pretty terrifying. And then <clears throat> there's also, I guess in Europe, scarecrows have long been tied to the supernatural boogeyman 
a monster who is often depicted in tattered clothing, to mm-hmm. a superstitious agra- agrarian society, mm-hmm. agriculture. Not only would scarecrows keep birds away from crops, but they could also scare children away from the fields where there might be uh, strange things hiding. Which is really interesting because I bought my friend a really big scarecrow prop last year, mm-hmm. and is when he's motion censored and he's got this really deep voice, and he'll say, you know, run from the fields, they're coming, da da da, and it like now that makes sense no totally yeah. i mean even though there are more effective ways to scare off birds these days yeah uh, i mean they've been around scarecrows have been around for three thousand years so okay and you and i both respectively watched about five scarecrow movies and we also know about lots of lots of scarecrows like i mean everybody knows the wizard of oz scarecrow do you know he he ter- his costume terrified me when i was a kid yeah ray bolger in that scarecrow costume and he's all floppy and he just and his nose like, there's something about and that- he's he's scary they make him intentionally scary in that movie like yeah. the music everything about his entrance and the way he is in the beginning especially mm-hmm. is scary and if you haven't watched the wizard of oz in a really long time as if you watch it from a child's sensibility, it's very, it's quite scary. There's it witches, there's scary monkeys. I mean, when I watched that as a kid, it was a scary movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it's not scary now, but you still get the vibe. The like, For oh, sure. there's witches that go kill us. That there's witches that <laughs> go kill us. <laughs> so that's a very famous scarecrow. I mean, another one that we were talking about just before we started to cord is in Children of the Corn, which mm-hmm. is a Stephen King book and then made into the, a movie in the 80s is when they they hoist up the bad kid mm-hmm. on the scare, like on a like a Christ pose, right? There's oh. a lot of, yeah, like crucifixion type most imagery of, for and, sure. Yeah, most of these movies that I watched, I mean, a lot of it was sacrificial, right? Right, absolutely. So let's let's talk a couple of watches first, and as we go, we'll talk some other facts about scarecrows. I imagine I will start with something that I disliked. Okay, and we'll just tell you that so you can move on with your life. What you will do? <laughs> watch. What, I liked it. Watch, watch it to be like it'll one of be my your favorite. favorite movie ever. So here's one of the things one can do if one has not seen uh, scarecrow movies or gone into this kind of subgenre. Obviously, we as horror watchers or as movie watchers, everybody has subgenres, right? So there's like vampires and werewolves, etc. So I thought, well, scarecrows, what's up? I went on to Tubi, which is a great place to see a lot of different different kinds of movies that you would never find anywhere else. So lots of independent movies, lots of slop, but also lots of gems. And lots of movies that you're looking for and you just haven't seen and they're not anywhere else. And you find them on Tubi and they're free. And all you have to do is watch some ads, which, you know, some people don't like yeah, to do these I had, days. I had but, one of those that had some ads. Right. So <clears throat> I went on there and just randomly, you know, searched Scarecrow to see what this is how right? I started. And, and they all there's a lot that pop up weeks ago. Right. Like yeah. When we first decided to do yeah. this episode weeks ago. I was like, all right, well, let's see what we're working with. So I just went on Tubi and did that. And all this shenanigans comes up, right? All this stuff you've never heard of, (laughs) mostly. So I watched one called Amityville Scarecrow. Oh, no, I have not seen this. (laughs) I'm so glad. So what we do sometimes with these themed shows is that Kathy and I just pick the theme. We kind of talk lightly about what we want to do with it. And then we go away and we don't talk about it until today when we're recording. So what you are hearing is us in real time telling each other which movies we ended up watching. So sometimes it's like, oh, my God, you watched that too. Me too. And then other times it's like, oh. Oh, no. Horrible. Amityville Scarecrow. Guys, 2021. New. Uh New. 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 A summer camp 
that is about to open to unwitting guests. However, there is something evil that lurks on the land. Okay, there's a problem. The problem with this movie is that there is literally an hour and a half or whatever this was, hour and 20 probably, that felt like four hours. Yikes. Of two women sitting in a, in a medium shot talking. They were always cutting to people talking, sitting, sitting and sitting and talking, not even taking a hike and talking, no movement whatsoever, just sitting and talking <laughs> in a room. For how long? It's like forever. <laughs> it felt like forever, man. I, I just kept saying, what are, what is happening right <laughs> Where's now? Where's the scarecrow? Where, what is, and so there does become a moment where there's a scarecrow who kills people. Like a moment out of that whole. Like three or four moments. Where That's like that werewolf movie we watched and there was dude, no werewolf. Right. At least this was a dude in some straw. I mean, right. like, I'll give it that. We got a dude in some straw who killed a couple people. But the bulk of the movie is us trying to care about some childhood trauma. That yeah. they're, that you know they're what? having that about it. That is the theme across some of these Scarecrow movies, by the by, and I hate really? when people say that. <laughs> there are some real, like, yes, I was traumatized by an evil scarecrow and I'm going back to my small town. I mean, there. Oh. why? Why is that the theme? Is, do, how many kids were traumatized by scarecrows? Is that a theme? Well, and then they're going to sit in somebody's fucking living room and chat about it for 10 minutes. I'm like, I, this is not, I don't yeah. care. I don't care about you. I don't care about your, there was literally a moment where it these women like, were looking at a photo album. It's, it literally sounds like one that I watched as well. Well, you tell me about that one. It's called Curse of the Scarecrow. Okay, I saw that on the list. Okay, so, <laughs> and this, the, the main actress, actor in this, she, I've seen her in other, uh, like, low-budget horror. Mm -hmm. A young woman, it's, it's from the UK. A young woman returns to her family's farm where 20 years earlier, she and her brother witnessed their parents murdered at the hands of what seemed to be a scarecrow. Why is this the theme? <laughs> Legend has it, I watched another one that the parents were killed by a scarecrow. Legend has it that hundreds of years ago on that land, villagers caught a thief and strung him up to be eaten by crows. Here's the social justice piece. It is said now that for two days, every 20 years, his spirit returns in the form of a scarecrow to kill whoever owns the farm or wanders into land as a way of seeking his revenge. When I read that, I was like, okay, sounds like it could be kind of creepy, right? Yep. The whole movie <laughs> is her telling the story That's of exactly her past. That's kind of thing did. And you do see the scarecrow. He does come back and, you know, he's he looks like a scarecrow. And yeah, they show like how he's, you know, crucified at the beginning and he was wrongfully accused and all this crap or whatever. But the, it says here, the most annoying part for me is the constant repetition of the fact that the scarecrow returns every 20 years, which we are informed of constantly <laughs> from the beginning. Yet it seems to be a huge revelation to the characters. It's like, oh my gosh, he's back. Yes, we've talked about this. So the whole movie is about the history and the family trauma and and they don't care. No, that that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I hear you. I know, I wouldn't want to watch that movie either because- And it was only 84 minutes and it was yeah, 84 no. minutes of pain. Yeah, no, mine was real short as well, which I was grateful for, but also, mm. ah, yeah. yeah. 
The thing about <laughs> thing about it is that I that I was super disappointed because I was you know you're trying to find that diamond in the rough on Tubi a lot of times. It's a lot of movies that you saw from the '90s and the 2000s, and you're like, oh, this movie, and you turn it on, and you know it real well. But the other thing you could do on Tubi is find lots and lots of like independent stuff, and yeah. there's there's some gems, right? Sure. So this was sort of a thinly veiled kind of British production or whatever. I feel like some people had Australian accents or something. I don't know, but it wasn't. Uh, I don't know what was going on there. The part that was disappointing for me too was that it was a cool concept. In other words, it was it was it wasn't an original concept, but it's like if you imagine that there was there's this like huge barren cornfield and on it is an Amityville murder house, right? And that the house burned down and the land was later converted to a summer camp and a caravan park. And then these this family who owns it, I guess, goes there to deal with it. Okay. And there's gonna and there's gonna be a dark family secret. That sounds cool. Yeah. But no. It's they like all sound cool. Two ladies in a living room <laughs> through a photo album talking about the past. And like opening and a crying. bottle of wine. Oh my god, crying. You're so bad. Oh my god, crying. I have to tell you this one scene. Oh god. I have to tell you this one scene. Okay, so at the end of the movie, you get some slashy. There's like there's a very low kill count, but there's like, you know, two or three slashes and it's super fun that five minutes, right? But before that, there's some, there's some accosting, you know, <laughs> there are some people yeah. who get attacked, right? And one of them is the, is one, the two ladies that are sitting in the living room talking, they get attacked at one point outside, they try to go outside or something, I don't even remember, but they go back inside the house, the one woman has blood all over her face and they go back to the fucking photo album, sit down. And they're talking. Oh my God. And they're watching some home video and she's crying and telling the stories. <laughs> she's got fucking blood on her face. <laughs> I'm like, what are you bitches doing? Yeah. Okay. I'm done now. You didn't like it, <clears throat> but it's, you know, I don't oh, know. All right. I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. <sighs> Did you know that? And actually snake brought this up in uh, one of our trivia questions during our, one of the Halloween events. He, on our, Discord, he hosted, one of our patrons hosted two nights of Halloween movies and gave away prizes and fun facts and trivia and stuff. And it was a lot of fun. And he brought up Nagoro, which is a Japanese village. And he brought it up because when you go to Nagoro, the last child there was born 18 years ago, something like that. Wow. So they don't have any children. That sounds lovely. So... <laughs> Kathy's like, can we move to this island? <laughs> um, but one of the things that happens is that that's not great, right? That's not great for any culture or any no. society. But however, so they have dolls all Excuse over the me? island. Yeah, dolls. There are dolls. Okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull Everywhere. a pepper right now. Ice. Is this ice or snake? It was snake. Oh, I was going to say ice. Why are you like this? Ah! <laughs> Snake, why are you like this? We're sorry, Ice. Why are we talking? Yeah, <laughs> just blame it on Ice. I feel like that would be a that would be a like a horror fact with Ice because have, of the dolls. They, so this is so I'm getting to the scarecrows. I pr trust me. There are 350 life size do life size dolls currently reside on the on the village in the village, and the local school is now filled with a few oh dozen God. dolls patiently waiting for classes. I don't know if to I'd begin. rather have the kids. <laughs> Okay, so that's one part. But I wanted to say that there are some people refer to these 350 dolls as scarecrows because there are a whole lot of scarecrows on Nakura that are dressed up like kids and stuff all over the place. In so the bizarre. In the I gotta yeah. look this up. What's yeah. the name of the, the town? Nagoro. 
N-A-G-O-R-O. All right. So while she's doing that, let's move on since we're not going to wait for her to Google. (laughs) I have one I liked. Yeah? Yeah. Yes, please. Okay. It didn't get the best reviews, but I don't know what Scarecrow movies get the best reviews. No, my one of my favorites didn't get great reviews either. This one's from 2011, American horror film, called Husk. Okay. Five friends are traveling through rural, rural Nebraska on a weekend getaway when their SUV is suddenly attacked and forced off the road by a flock of wild crows. <laughs> I was thought you yeah. were going to say scarecrows. No, can you imagine? Wild they're all, scarecrows. Yeah, they're all throwing themselves at the car. Just <laughs> boom, all the stuffings ever. Upon waking up, they discover that one of their party, Johnny, is missing. Seeking help, Brian and Scott head through a cornfield to a nearby house, hoping to find Johnny there while leaving Brian's girlfriend, Natalie, with Chris at the car. Too many names in there. Mm. As they near the house, they encounter a clearing with a scarecrow hanging on a scaffold in the center before finally leaving the field. So they then they all start moving. You know, they start going through the field to find each other. Mm-hmm. When they go up, they go into the, they found this like beaten down, run down house. They go upstairs and Johnny mm. is, he has nails through his hands. He's in a total trance and his foot is on this sewing pedal and he's making a scarecrow costume. Creepy. Okay? And so they're like, Johnny, Johnny, right? <laughs> and so Johnny, they, like they leave the house. Johnny then becomes the next replacement of the spirit of that scarecrow. And one by one until they're down to, you know, and then there was one and then there were none. They all start to go through this ritual. So what's happening is, yeah the spirit has lived through taking, you know, embodying these people who stumble upon. And then the, the, what do you call it? Not the, the ritual repeats itself over and over with a new body, but the way that it's done, it was actually really flipping creepy. And it was kind of, it was kind of cool. And at the end, you know, you, you always have like the one guy that's hanging on and, (laughs) and, but his, like his throat's been slashed. He can't yell. And these people like pull up and they're like, what's going on? And and you're like wanting him to be able to use his voice. Like he's right there. Like I cared about him. Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like you cared about him and they, you know, and the ending was okay. Yeah. The ending was sometimes it's, like sometimes you're watching a movie you're into it and they don't stick the ending really yeah there was like a it was a good creep good creep factor like it was a what a scarecrow movie should be nice that's amazing i'll talk about one that i liked then since that's where we're going again didn't get good reviews (laughs) messengers 2 I saw the first one. I never the saw Scarecrow, the Scarecrow. And I never saw the first one. I was literally just okay. looking for Scarecrow movies, right? John and Corbett I, and um, what's her face? Well, Norman Reedus is in it. Oh, really? Messengers the second 2. One. They're not related. So you don't yeah. have to. So by the way, audience, you don't have to watch Messengers, whatever one was, mm-hmm. uh, to enjoy Messengers 2, The Scarecrow, because it's literally a, a standalone different story. movie. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't watch the first one and I didn't need to. First, was, yeah. First one was all right. Literally standalone. So Kristen Stewart. It might be the the idea that so many scarecrow movies are bad. And so by comparison. (laughs) But what I would say is it's from two thousand nine, it's ninety four minutes long. Norman Reedus is in it, who, who, if you don't know who Norman Reedus is, it's him. It's just before he was in The Walking Dead. Came out just before. So Walking Dead started in 2010. And by the way, Joe Bob and Greg Nicotero are doing an event on Shudder for Halloween. 
this Friday, so this comes out on Wednesday, this Friday, tune in. It's a Shudder original live show with those two watching the first two episodes of The Walking Dead live and then shooting the shit as they do. So two hours of episode, probably two more hours of shooting the shit. Who knows? Joe Bob can, you know, get on one. So, but enjoy that. Anyway, Norman Reedus. Sinister events plague a farmer, Norman Reedus, and his family when he places a scarecrow in his field. So it's just a super simple premise like that. And the reason why I watched it was because Norman Reedus was in it. And I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta see what my boo is doing there. Because I thought, well, he's a good actor. So even if it's a bad movie, I know that he'll simply bring his good acting to it and, and maybe I'll get something out of it. And that's exactly what happened is that it just wasn't bad. There was a story. Yeah. There was a creep factor to it. Mm-hmm. You cared about him. Mm-hmm. There was a couple of other, there was one other character in particular that kind of played like a devil kind of character, like mm-hmm. the neighbor, older neighbor guy that's kind of like, yeah, do that. Go for it. You know, that kind of yeah. egging on in a negative way. <laughs> And there's some creepy sequences where like the farmer's daughter from next door is kind of a demony character and she kind of possesses him at one, not possesses him, but like sexually seduces him at one point. And, but you're not sure if it's a dream or if it's the field possessing him, you know, it's always right. with scarecrow with good scarecrow movies, which are in Stephen King books too, or with good fields farms, you know, it's often that the field or the farm is, is possessed, right? right. And it has yeah, you see, yeah. It has mm-hmm. you see visions. Right. And that's exactly what you've got in this movie. It's it's much more low budget. It's not more like supernatural-ish. Yeah, like yeah. not not big effects or what have you. But what I can say is there's a super cool scarecrow in the end. Yeah. There's a Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers type of scarecrow character that ends up there. And so it does escalate. In yeah. other words, you've got all this atmosphere and kind of creepiness, and you've got Norman really holding down well, he's a such good a great acting actor. job. He's a great actor. You just, you know, you've got a yeah. basic script, sure. nothing, nothing special in the script, all of that. It's just, it's shot well, it's, it's, it's edited well, and you've just got a main actor mm-hmm. that can carry the sort of like, yeah, oh, what's going to happen, and why is he doing that, and da da da, and oh, he's kind of hot, and da da da, you know, yeah, <laughs> he kind of the things you kind of want, right? Yeah, yeah. So I would recommend it. Okay. I, I think it's an I think it's underrated. There's some nudity in it, so you got some boob foo. Boob foo. Boob foo for you. Boob foo for you. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, did you know? I want to say. Yeah. Really quickly before you say what you were going to say. Okay. The Urchfont Scarecrow Festival has been running since the 1990s and draws up to 10,000 people every year. Did you know that there's a surprising number of, number of Scarecrow festivals every year? Most of them in the UK, but there are Scarecrow wow. festivals, Kathy. For the harvest. Just saying, I imagine. I'm going to build a Scarecrow for this office. That over the ne- <laughs> This office is going to be like the most cluttered office <laughs> It's gonna. It's. I it's think every becoming, time we talk about something, Kathy's like, oh, "I'm gonna buy." It's gonna. It's. It is becoming a horror studio, which I love. <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of the haunted mansion right yeah, now. Yeah, we're kind yeah. of we're working on it. But anyway, I interrupted you. Oh no, I was just. I don't mean to digress, but I did look up the Nagoro dolls. Oh, yes, please, uh, they're really. I'm. <laughs> She's flabbergasted. They're weird and creepy and really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. And they have them in like random schoolhouses that no one uses because there's no uh-huh. kids. And then mm-hmm. they make adult teachers to sit at the desk. This is yes. 
Very yes, strange. They do. You're welcome. <laughs> and they're they're white people. Oh, the 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 dolls. The dolls are. Yeah, they're colored At least the with co- white the skin. color is is either white or like a nude. Yeah, it's just like a plain like white doll, Whoa. basically as the background. Like that they've stitched, and there's one like with a fishing pole and fishing boots. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I have. A, I imagine they have staged them doing all have. sorts they're of. They're all behaviors. over the town. This is really scary. It's it's like my <laughs> You're nightmare. Welcome. Also in Canada, <laughs> there's a uh, Joe's Scarecrow Village. It's a roadside attraction, <laughs> so you can go to that as well. <laughs> I really want to go to Canada. Why? I want to see the Scarecrow. I mean, roadside village. I mean, there are worse reasons to go. I we need to ask you about this oh right he's the resident canadian he, he he'll know he will he knows <laughs> he, everything just about like canada. we know everything about the no but i really feel like he does know everything oh, okay about well we'll just go with that then. Okay. i mean why not okay excellent sounds good i may watch it okay let's talk about one that was bad cool this one was like a lifetime movie and the mm. the abuser and the perpetrator was play, replaced with a scarecrow Oh, fair. Yeah. It had the vibe of a made-for-TV. It may have been, actually. It's called Hollowed Ground from 2007. A very, very young Chloe Grace Moretz. Um, She's so cute when she was little. She's really good in this. The acting's not bad. It's the story. Okay. So after becoming stranded in a small town called Hope, Elizabeth Chambers, a.k.a. Liz, discovers her arrival was uh, foretold a century earlier by the town's founding preacher, Jonas Hathaway, and that she is an integral part of his impending and terrifying rebirth. Forced to stay overnight in the town, Liz meets Sarah Austin, a reporter for a tabloid newspaper who is so flipping annoying in this, (laughs) um, she's supposed to be, who is in town to investigate legends of living scarecrows. The townspeople of Hope once sacrificed people by nailing them to crosses in the cornfields until a young girl alerted residents of the nearby town of Liberty, Chloe Grace Moretz. Horrified to learn of the murders going on in Hope, the townspeople of Liberty nailed the local preacher who spearheaded the sacrifices to a cross. Legend contends that only one day he will, that one day he will be reborn. So she comes into this not knowing that she's part of this thing, meets Chloe Grace Moretz, who escaped was the only one who escaped again her parents were killed by this guy right when she was young and then liz kind of takes her on as like a little sister or like a daughter in a way in the film so they they're like together through this whole thing Mm -hmm. and she's the one that's giving liz a lot of this information about the town and it just really is a lot of story (laughs) and and you get flashbacks to Were there any photo album flashbacks No, no there's flashbacks of this guy getting burned at the cross or the stake or whatever sure. and so it gives us the backstory to you know his rebirth and when he'll be reborn and mm-hmm. you know and at the end they it's like a texas <laughs> like, wah, wah, wah. texas chainsaw massacre ending where they're in the car like driving away like oh we got out of it although they weren't picked up by gunner hansen at the end <laughs> womp womp that's it i mean womp, it, womp. it literally felt like a lifetime movie with a scarecrow yeah yeah i mean i imagine a lot of them probably do i i watched the classic scarecrows I almost, is that the 1988? Yes. I I started it and then I went, is this? Yeah, 80 minutes long. It's a classic. So one of the things one one does when one is doing episodes like this, and I'm sure Kathy does this all the time, is you kind of go, okay, where am I going to start with this? And you Google, you Google, right? Mm -hmm. And you say, 
best scarecrow movies horror movies ever that's why like I, that. I started to watch that that's one. right and yeah. so this one makes all of those lists i disagree yeah <laughs> i stopped it <laughs> 1988 horror 80 minutes long reviews are not great but it's on all these lists i think as a classic right yeah i have another classic that i would argue is much better than okay this. bank robbers <laughs> this is it didn't fuck. even sound like a horror this movie is just ridiculous yeah. listen to this premise bank robbers parachute from a hijacked plane into a field full of killer scarecrows <laughs> so that's literally what happens <laughs> She's got her head in her hands. Here's the thing. That is literally what happens. They've robbed a bank. There's a bunch of peeps in a plane flying over in this plane. They lose the money. The money falls out of the plane because they're idiots. And so they parachute down to go find the money and they, because they're idiots. And they find the scarecrows. And there's a bunch of scary killer scarecrow things that pick them off one by one. So your very typical premise for a horror movie, right? Mm -hmm. <sighs> now, some of the reviews I read for this were like, oh, genuinely creepy, blah, blah, blah. But no. Not so much. Not so much. I mean, the whole thing's dark. If that's all you need for a creep factor, <laughs> it's like all shot in a bottle. Was that a person or a scarecrow? Yeah, like for when sure. It's really You've dark. totally yeah. got to like wear a blanket over your head to see anything yeah. in the show. And then there's this cheesy scarecrow guy with a head that's kind of ugly, but not scary. Ugh. Not interesting at all. I would, over that movie... I would, plus you've got like paratrooper guys, like military guys. Yeah. I don't know. And they're idiots. Lame. They're bank robbers. Lame. So, okay. So the one I would recommend over that is actually a TV movie from 1981 called Dark Night of the Scarecrow. That's the one I started to watch. This the one better. That, the, the Scarecrow's 1980, I'd read about it and said, nah. This okay. one I started and then okay. switched to something So else. this one's better. This one is better. This is more like, it will take you back to childhood kind of yeah. thing. Even if you weren't a child in 1981, it's kind of like that. I watched like the first 15 minutes of it. It's like 100 minutes. I would say watch it for the fall. You know, it's the fall. It's, we're going to go into American Thanksgiving here soon. It's Scarecrows are very much yep. fall, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it got it gets better reviews. <laughs> uh, small town vigilantes, my favorite, <clears throat> not, led by the mailman Charles Durning, mm -hmm. which is one of the charming parts of this, yeah. do not get away with killing a local simpleton. So the part that I hate about this movie is the vigilante part. The part that I hate about this movie is 1981 representation of the intellectually challenged yeah. is ridiculously so bad. bad. Larry Drake is amazing in it, yeah. but he plays an intellectually and I hate it. Of I course. To be honest with you, I think that like subconsciously that's why I stopped it because oh, it's I'm like, awful. this is uncomfortable. No, it's awful and it's uncomfortable. But I would say that once you get sort of, I, I like literally muted a couple of the scenes because, okay. but, but, but to me, so what I would say is I don't like those qualities at all. And you have to remember it's 1981 and very bad things happen. But what happens is it very bad things happen to this intellectually challenged individual. And that sets up a very powerful, strong and important story point of the scarecrow. It's his trauma. So this intellectually challenged person is a scarecrow eventually and then exacts his revenge. Mm -hmm. So that's a powerful like motivation. You've got the trauma, the motivation, da 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 da. The revenge. It's a revenge movie, right? It's a TV movie, so you're not going to get yeah lots of gross out. It's not Halloween Kills. 
Uh, so <laughs> thank God for that. Nobody's killing in a really gory, violent way. But the reason why that, I mean, obviously that makes me uncomfortable, the premise, but it's this really powerful premise. And then once the premise is set up, you get it. Yeah. You buy it. You understand why there's this, it's not just random scary killer scarecrows trying to kill yeah, bank robbers. That's right. It's not just like yeah, random. randomness. Yeah. There's a heart to that, which I okay. think makes it slightly better than the other. Anyway, Got what it. else? What else? Uh, I'm going to give you another one that I liked that also didn't get the best reviews, but I thought it was fun. I think this is the last one that you watched. I have, I, I have one Some other, others? but it was, okay. ba- it was no, bad. We'll- yeah. So this one is called Corn Field, <laughs> Field of Screams. I thought it was just going to be called Corn. So this is, um, and corn stands for Collective Order of Recreational Necrophilanthropists. Okay, I can't with that. Corn. So what is the name of this damn movie? Corn, C period, O period, R period, N period. Field of Screams. Okay, and I believe there's they're working on already ridiculous. It's a 2021. Stranded in a rural area. Two teens make friends with locals on Halloween, but soon run into a cult called Corn <laughs> that have chosen this area to That's perform hilarious. human taxidermy. Is this a horror comedy? I no. Have? Okay. And so they soon figure out that they are in the midst of a collective order <laughs> who kill people and stuff them. And make them human scarecrows for their collection, and so like the they they have like this evening where they they all show off their best taxidermy person, and one guy's like ripped. He's like this athlete, and he's totally ripped, right? And then the one girl finally figures out what's going on, so she has to already pretend like she's been stuffed, and she's standing there. And then they figure out she's breathing, and then they start to chase her because they want her to become the next piece of taxidermy. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I know it just sounds. My associate ridiculous. came in. I was on my lunch break. My associate comes in. She's like, "What are you watching?" I'm like, "Cornfield Screams." You want to sit down and watch? She goes, "Oh my god!" She goes, "Is this for the show?" I go. Uh, maybe, maybe I just really want to watch this. Maybe it's clinically relevant. <laughs> Cornfield screams. <laughs> I no, uh, I thought funny. it was fun, and it was uh, it's a it's a two thousand it's a twenty twenty one. It's a new one. You can find it on uh, Prime. Awesome. Tubi has it also. What's the one you hated? And the last one was Halloween Jack. I didn't hate this one. I just didn't love it. Halloween Jack yeah. uh, twenty eighteen. It's also called The Legend of Halloween Jack. He's a warlock at first. Oh wait, that last movie were there were there scarecrows in the movie? They were so there's a scene at the end where they start to put like the bag over the head and like mm-hmm. put her up on this. So oh, there's metaphor. There's metaphors, but yeah, it's more of like the sacrificial. Well, I just want piece. the reason why I interjected with that and asked that question is I was pro- I was thinking there probably wasn't. And yeah. so one of the things, and I don't know if you found this, but one of the things I found while doing this is that a lot of time it's hard to find scarecrow movies with an actual scarecrow bad guy. I know. And that's one of the reasons why I liked the messengers to the scarecrow because yeah. you actually got a you get a scarecrow. badass scarecrow. Yeah. For anyway, sure. Go ahead. So Halloween yeah, there, there's some of that. So, um, but Halloween Jack is, yeah, he's a warlock at first, but shot dead by a couple of vigilantes. Of course. But one year later, he comes back from the dead as an undead serial killer wearing a scarecrow costume. Okay. And wields a scythe in combat. Okay. It's, it, that's, that's all I'm going to say about it. That's all that needs to be said about it. <laughs> I was going to say, you get a scarecrow. 
in that one, I guess. It was whatever. I, I found myself going, am I still watching this? Um, <laughs> All right, I've got one It was one no more. cornfield screams. <laughs> no. It was no hollowed ground. Oh, boy. <laughs> it was no Amityville scarecrow. How many times have you ever heard somebody say, my parents were killed by scarecrows? In this genre, every other every movie. single person. Yes. Yeah. And in, in a cornfield. Yeah. That was haunted. All right, what's your last one? The last one I watched, I enjoyed. So this movie is called Kakashi, which is Japanese for Scarecrow. It's a 2001 horror movie based on the manga of the same name. So there are some book manga books, obviously. The film follows Kaoru Yoshikawa, whose search for her missing brother leads her to a particular town, an isolated village, actually, that seems to harbor dark secrets. And what I liked about this movie is, is horror fantasy. So like a lot of Japanese horror movies of a particular time, it's it's definitely of its time. So it's 2001, which is right around, you know, audition and all right. the, like all the craze was happening. The Japanese horror craze, like in the late 90s, early 2000s. So it's in that realm where there are definitely some metaphoric moments there are definitely some fantasy things there's dreams there's you know crazy kind of spooky stuff happening but honestly it was pretty good it ends up being pretty low budget i think they did it's it's deliberately restrained because of that you know a lot of low budget movies will be restrained it'll be more atmospheric more spooky but there but there are some moments of people on fire and yeah there's there's some stuff in there but i I would recommend it like that and the messengers too okay the messengers too is very simple cornfield haunted cornfield with it ends up being a really like badass kind of slashery scarecrow near the i like the scarecrow taxidermy personally (laughs) fair and then this one is more if you know japanese horror of that time it's just it's much more atmospheric it's creepy it's definitely got the creepy uh <laughs> kind of scarecrowy field vibes to it and i and i enjoyed it those are probably my two favorites of the one of just these ones that i watched okay and i also like the dark night of the scarecrow but that was more for for like vintagey charles durning and it was a tv movie and it had a lot of horrible cultural tropes from 1981 and so it was just (laughs) kind of like oh look at this and then like i said a powerful motivation so that's kind of where my watching landed i don't know where would you how would you kind of rank your like what was your- uh husk was my favorite okay um just because i thought it was it was fun and cool and creepy and and the whole like uh idea of like when they first find him up there and he's mm-hmm. all just like in this trance so there's a lot of like eye candy as far as like the 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 effects and stuff which i love um and then the i just thought that cornfield screams was fun it was oh, so yeah. it was like a weird it was really weird but in a really entertaining kind of train wreck way where I'm like, why do I like this? (laughs) And then the other three, everybody's like parents died of scarecrows or or they came back because they just entertaining. Yeah. So (laughs) husk and then cornfield. All right. So we found some new stuff. That's what happens when you go like, okay, what's this subgenre? Let's go check it out. And then you're like, what the, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the scarecrow business. We will be right back with our uh, movie watches and any books we might need to catch up on. So we'll be right back.
I'm playing. I'm playing with the cues. These are awesome. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Thank you to Mannequin Uprising for all of our sound, basically sound design by Mannequin Uprising. Uh, we finished Rosemary's Baby, the novel, kids. Uh, this week I have scheduled Rosemary ba- Rosemary's Baby to watch on the Discord because our book club as part of being a patron, you can join our Discord, and that's where we have our book club. And <laughs> our book club just finished Rosemary's Baby, and everyone was like, we're going to watch the movie now, right? Because, you know, you want to, you go, oh. And I think that is because, spoilers, the book is so good. The book is so good. It's so simple. It is, but why? I and couldn't so put it good. down. It's so gripping. And the I've atmosphere. seen the movie. I know the story. Yep. I knew how it was going to end. Although I'd forgotten a little bit, like the details at the end. Sure. But he goes into so much of the detail of even describing the baby and describe like how she finds the baby, all of that stuff that is not in the movie. It builds and builds and builds. It builds and builds and builds. And it's like, it's such a page turner. And the detail, even though, like you said, it's really simple, Mm -hmm. the little details in there, those subtleties that the movie that Polanski doesn't use as much of, you, I reading it, I know we talked about this on the Discord. I'm saying they're going, oh my gosh, like now it makes more sense how, guy was a part of it and makes total sense you don't now. get that in the movie no and it's and uh, and i'll just tell you and because i'm not gonna spoil the book for you guys because i honestly i think our both of our both of us would recommend like read the book rosemary's baby there's a reason why it's a classic now i get it yep the movie's always been a classic but this book is definitely a classic it's got a different ending it's got a different ending it does. it's got a different cultural context it's got a different message mm-hmm. it's very different than the movie and so i am looking forward to watching it with the book club i like the ending so much better in the book oh me too of yeah. course me too i mean and there's a reason why we're saying of course so read the book <laughs> let us know because i enjoyed it quite a bit i'm so glad blue was the one one of our patrons and a member of our book club was the one who chose it we wanted to read a classic for october it's such a great choice 1967 horror novel by ira levin it was his second published book and it actually sold over four million copies and you can understand why it's really good yeah he's won a lot of awards very great, popular great writer and i mean there was a horror boom at that time so like he was right in in the middle of it so good highly recommend the first third of it, you're gonna you're you're gonna say to yourself, "Oh, this is just like the movie." Oh my gosh, are they just gonna? Is it just exactly the same? Yeah. Am I just reading the, what I already know? And then, no, you're not. <laughs> That's what I can so tell you. So good. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. So highly recommend. Our next book in the book club is Voices in the Snow. So we are starting that this this coming week. When you're hearing this show, we are we are already into the thick of it by Darcy Coates and. That was Isis pick, and I know Yay. Kathy has talked about Darcy on the show before and liking her books. So we're this is the first of a two book series so far. There's only two books in this series out series. Oh no, three I think it's the winter series or something. We're gonna start that one, and that'll be our next one. So if you happen to become a patron, join the Discord, want to be part of the book club, you know, you'll let me know through the channels that you want to do that because we're enjoying the heck out of that. Yeah. And you finished a book finally. I did. Oh my God. She finally finished it. Y'all. I did. What did so, you finish? I, I finished Grady Hendrix, uh, final girl support group. I told you that the ending took me a while because, and as I, as I thought about this more, I'll, I'll give you all the, the summary of this in a second. Mm-hmm. I realized that 
one of the reasons I think I struggled with it is there was so much action mm-hmm. that at times it was hard to keep track of what was going on. This was for me, I'm not saying everyone experienced this, yeah. that I feel like this is one book that might work better as a film. He might have bit by now. He might be writing to film. Right? I think this could be a really great movie because there's so much. There's First of all, it's all women. So you have to really pay attention who's to who's who. who. <laughs> yeah. And the the amount of action, because they're all final girls. They all have their trauma. They've all been close to death. It's sort of re-experienced. Um, and they think that one person has started it and it takes you down this whole other path that the main final girl, who's the, the narrator of the book, they think like she's gone crazy and she's making up all this stuff. So she's, she's like driving across the country, getting people to understand what's good. So there's so much action going on. And it even says it's a fast paced, thrilling horror novel that follows a group of heroines to die for <laughs> from the brilliant New York times. Okay. Wah, wah, wah. In horror movies, the final girl is the one who's left uh, standing when the credits roll, the one who fought back, defeated the killer and avenged her friends. The one who emerges bloodied, but victorious, but after the sirens fade and the audience moves on what happens to her. So it starts off with all of them in their therapy group with this therapist that's been working with them for years and something happens. I'll just say that where they feel that one of the killers might be back and it's starting all mm. over and they're all traumatized. So they are all going nuts. Right. right. But our main girl, she's the one Lynette Tarkington is the character's name is a real life final girl who survived the massacre 22 years ago. It is defined every day of her life since, and she's not alone for more than a decade. She's been meeting with five other actual final girls and their therapists and a support group for those who survived the unthinkable, putting their lives back together piece by piece. That is until one of the women misses a meeting and Lynette's worst fears are realized. Someone knows about the group and is determined to take their lives apart again, piece by piece. So very action packed, not what I'm used to with Grady. It's not a bad book. It's a good book. It's different. But I feel like this would do well as a movie, as a horror movie. Yeah. I mean, I, it sounds to me like, you know, we both like Grady Hendrix after having read a couple of his books this year. And so we've both kind of gone headlong into trying to read most of his books. I'm on his other one. Now. And now, yeah, exactly. And so it, it doesn't sound like this is certainly not your favorite Grady Hendrix. And, but it's also didn't, you didn't like throw it across the room and say, I'm no. never reading him again. No, you I think it was happened, just, there so- was a lot going on and I'm like, man, I wonder what this would be like on screen. Cool. Yeah. Right on. So let's let's uh, tear apart a movie real quick. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we watched the movie Night Teeth. It just came out. We did. <laughs> Night Teeth 2021 crime mystery thriller is how it's being veiled here. 13 minutes shy of being two hours long. Terrible reviews, as it should be. To earn some extra cash, quirky college student Benny moonlights as a chauffeur for one night. His task drive two mysterious young women around Los Angeles for a night of party hopping. Sounds innocent enough. Taken captive by his client's charm. This is the part where you lose me. He soon learns that his passengers have their own plans for him and an insatiable thirst for blood. And I'm just not going to read the rest of that because that's the basic premise. And it watches like 90210. Yeah. I thought they were at the peach pit at one point. Yeah. 
It, it, it really it does. It watches like a series. Like it, it was supposed to be a series. It did not. The whole time I had your voice in my head. Needs an edit. Needs an edit. <laughs> needs an edit. It really did, did not need to be an hour and 48 minutes oh long. Oh my God, no. Could have done it in 80. Boom. And it still would have been bad. It was horrible but it might have been a little bit better because we wouldn't have like wasted our time i lost track of the motivation of these two girls and what they were doing oh yeah and then it turns into a love story (laughs) and then it turns into an action movie and then it's kind of re the it visually it's kind of cool it almost looks like a comic book well in la you know we always like an la landscape but i at one point i'm like what the hell is going on it was cliche it was very cliche. Super cliche. I mean, it's it's a Netflix entry. Like I've liked some of them, not liked others, just like all the things. You're going to hear me talk about a couple of the Prime movies today. It's like, eh, kind of dreadful, really. I, at one point, I we think- We were halfway, all really excited about it, too. Yeah, we watched it with friends, and it was like, we were. everybody kind of showed up for it because we'd all read about it. We're like, ooh, you know, vampires who are hot, let's go. Because that's kind of what the- ads for it kind of look like like hot ladies being vampires and whatever but then it about halfway through i i said oh it's a love story like that's what they're actually well, trying but you to follow, do you followed that by laugh my ass off <laughs> i did follow that by like oh it's a love story wah, wah, wah. <laughs> oh awful yeah this i mean is... i love a good vampire uh, romance story because they can really hit it out of the park because vampires are great with yeah. with like the romance thing sure. they're so seductive so narcissistic it's always really interesting this is not that no this was like oh wait they're actually trying to say that this chauffeur is falling for this vampire lady he's been driving around but they're gonna do it by having 20 minute conversations in a room please yeah. people Please, please, please. All right. What else did you watch? I watched a movie from 2020 called His House. Really, really interesting. Did you see it? I love this movie. I love. it. I'm glad you watched this movie. Mm -hmm. So uh, directed by Remy Weeks. He did an amazing job. Uh, It's about a refugee couple makes a harrowing escape from a war-torn South Sudan, but struggle to adjust to their new life in an English town that has an evil lurking beneath the surface. I thought this film was brilliant. As did I. It has a Jordan Peele flavor to it, but much deeper. Yes. This movie really is, the undertones of it is trauma and fleeing your country immigration trauma immigration trauma Mm -hmm. fleeing your country coming to to well they're they're in europe they're in london i think or in england and trying to not just acculturate assimilate to this white culture while really having to rid themselves of what they went through in sudan but then lost so much of their life and along the line when you're watching the film you you are in it with the understanding that they lost their daughter along the way and i I don't want to give anything away because i think this is a a film everyone should watch it's done so incredibly well but it has a lot to do with grief it has a lot to do with how memory works and trauma and then there's this you know supernatural piece to it where those that did not make it 
this, those spirits are lurking in the house that they're in right now, which is really such a great metaphor for the way that trauma sits. The guy that ends up playing the the demon or the shot, like whatever his role was in that movie, where he basically says, if you give me your husband's soul, I will return your child, right? And she's at that moment where she has to like, any mother would go, I will kill for my child, even if it's my partner. I just have so many, I don't want to give anything away, but I have so many great things to say about this film. Yeah, we're not going to spoil it because it is sort of new, right? It's just last year, but it yeah. was it was in my top 10 for 2020. Oof. I mean, I when I sat down and watched this movie, I loved it. I talked about it a little bit on the show, you know, whatever, well, last year, okay. but but. Yeah, because I I was blown away. Like it's one. Of, it's definitely one of my it's, top. It was wonderful. Like top ten, probably in the last five years too. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and also I want to just say, you hear all of that heady stuff, but it's also an effective horror movie. It's scary. There's some scary shit in there. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. I just want to say that for the horror fans. Yeah, and not, it is. it's not just all culture and trauma. It's just, if we go too much There's into that, we'll be stuff. giving away the story. Yeah. But it is, it, there is a major creep factor. I just want to let people yeah. know, like, if you like Haunted House, <laughs> mm-hmm. if you like Haunted House and spirits and atmosphere, it's got all that. Yeah. But it also, underneath all of that, there's something driving it, which is grief and trauma and all of this good stuff. In a lot of the movies that you and I happen to love, simultaneously like we both love the babadook da, da, da. Yeah. it has those elements to them it just makes for a very emotional and it successful uh, horror and, movie and the performances yes so if you're in the mood for that kind of thing like obviously we all we've been watching friday the 13th next week we're going to do friday the 13th you know jason goes to hell and jason x so we obviously like a lot of t- different kinds of stuff but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really good it's a great ghost story let's mm-hmm. say right yeah did you watch Fever Dream with us? Uh, I did. Okay. Yeah. But you had not read the book. I had not. Okay. Fever Dream is a book that I read, and I believe I spoke about a little bit on the show, and then the movie has now come out. 93 minutes long, 2021. I don't think I've talked about this yet. No, you talked about the book. But you I talked yeah. about the book. Okay, good. I'm like, I, I feel like, because I've had this conversation with a couple of people. So it's a really haunting story. The basic storyline is a young woman named Amanda lies in pain while a young teenager named David urgently questions her. It's got a very haunting, ghost-like, very kind of original, very psychological vibe to it. This this teenager, David, forcing forces her to unravel the truth of what is happening to her. Uh, she's not his mother. He's not her son. Together, they reveal this disturbing, evocative tale of broken souls and invisible lurking terror and the fragile threads that bind parents and children. So what I can tell you is that I was talking with Pepper because she and I both read the book and then watched the movie. It's a Chilean movie, by the way. The original language of the book is Spanish. Pepper and I were talking about it, about how that movie just really stuck with her. She was like, God, that movie just stuck with me all day long. And I said, well, is that because of the book? You read the book. And so you kind of have that context and, you know, you're full of the fever dream because she just read the book. Then we watched the movie mm-hmm. kind of like we're going to do with Rosemary's Baby, where we just mm-hmm. watched it and we're going to all watch the Rosemary's Baby together. She's like, no, I don't know. The movie affected me in a different way. So it's up. And for me, the book really affected me. You know, mm-hmm. I read it really fast because it's only like 120 pages or something really short and very feverish. I think I talked about it on the show. 
just haunting and feverish and it's a wicked pace and it's like a you read it in one sitting kind of book and for her the movie was very haunting and effective and 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 really got under her skin so it's 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 up to you guys like which one you prefer i i was really hesitant about the movie because i really feel like this was a book that needed to be a book Mm -hmm. and i really feel like if you didn't read the book it would be very difficult to kind of understand and so i guess i was looking for your perspective because you didn't read the book so no and that's exactly what it was i'm like what is going on and it was hard for me to attach to it i got to a point where i'm like I don't, I, I know the premise of the story, but I'm having a hard time really figuring out really what is happening. And I think the book probably gives a lot of context to the back and forth and the flashback and all of that. Where a little bit. It didn't, it didn't translate for me. Yeah, I, I didn't, I personally didn't think it was going to translate. I think that I'll be interested to hear from more people who haven't read the book and just watched the movie because the book is also kind of, confusing and you very much have to like surrender to what it is and it is better if you just read it more quickly because then you don't sort of lose the the feeling and the the thing about reading the book that's really effective is that when you understand who David is and how he's talking to her you know on the physical page you've got his voice in italics Mm-hmm. and her voice in not italics so you mm-hmm. kind of know how they're talking to each other right and it, and it's it's confusing yeah but in the book, it, it becomes, I was not confused. Yeah. But, but but it is one of those things where you do have to surrender to what it is. And I did not think that most audiences would be able to do that right. in, a, in a movie. Right. So, yeah, okay. I happen to prefer the book. But hey, for Pepper, the movie was really affecting. So there, there you, you go. go. To each his own. Yep. Uh, what else did you watch? Uh, the other movie I watched was uh, a movie from 2020 called I Am Lisa. <laughs> No, you are not. I am not, Lisa. (laughs) Uh, Directed by Patrick Rea, a sadistic small-town sheriff and her underlings brutalize Lisa and leave her uh, for dead in the woods. Bitten by a werewolf and bestowed with supernatural abilities, Lisa tries to retain her humanity as she exacts revenge. Um, I needed more wolf. More. We always need more wolf. Needed more wolf. I don't know these werewolf movies. There's a woeful lack of wolf in a lot of them. No, I mean there are parts of this movie that were good and kind of fun to watch, but overall it was just like we were talking about with the scarecrows. A lot of storytelling. A lot of what's going on with me. Why am I changing? I think this happened, but then you don't really. You see her only like change once. I know. And she looks more like a vampire because it's so expensive for them. I think. <sighs> I don't, don't know. do it. I know. Um, I know. Yeah. I mean, you know, there were some badass like female perps perpetrators in this one, which I think can be kind of fun, mm-hmm. but. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Meh. Meh. So I have meh. Moving on. So I'm going to have some meh as well. So I did end up uh, this and this will this will wrap my movies up. These two just commenting on these two movies and then we will get to our horror facts with calf answers. So <laughs> Madres 2021 Blumhouse, you know, the, the four movies the Blumhouse does every October these days for Prime. So one is Madras and one is The Manor. Madras is an 83-minute horror movie. Uh, let's see here. A young Mexican-American couple expecting their first child moved to a small town in 1970s California where he, Beto, uh, has been offered a job managing a farm. 
Isolated from the community and plagued by confusing nightmares, Diana explores the rundown company ranch where they reside, finding a grisly talisman and a box containing the belongings of the previous residents. Spooky. His discoveries will lead her to the truth much stranger and more terrifying than she could have possibly imagined. Good performances, almost always good performances in these, you mm-hmm. know, movies with a budget. It's a mm-hmm. welcome to the Blumhouse offering. I think there's something to learn from it, but mm-hmm. it's not, it wasn't scary. Mm. I hate when you want to be scared and you don't get scared. It, yeah. It's like, it's not exactly boring. Right. And it's not what you were expecting. It's not really gory either. So like, I can't say, oh, well, if you like gore, here it is. Mm-hmm. It's just not frightening enough to be compelling. And so, yeah, there's that. And then I also watched The Manor, which is the fourth was that? of the four. I liked this movie better. Yeah, it's better. gotten some good reviews. Yeah, so I liked this one more. And I'm slightly biased because Barbara Hershey is in it. Oh, wow. And she's very good. She yeah. plays this uh, crone character. So a malevolent force preys upon the residents of a sleepy nursing home in the manor. So basically it's a nursing home and it's like a big manor, like a big mansion type castle type house. So it's got a Gothic feel to it. A Gothic tale of terror with a modern twist. When a mild stroke diminishes her ability to care for herself, Judith, who's played by Barbara Hershey, moves to Golden Sun Manor an assisted living facility with a sterling reputation. But despite the best efforts of the staff and a budding friendship with fellow seniors, uh, Roland and a bunch of other ones, Roland's played by Bruce Davidson, who's also very good in this. Oh, he's good. Yeah, he's really good in this. Strange occurrences and nightmarish visions convince Judith that a sinister presence is haunting the massive estate. So the residents start to die mysteriously. She gets more frantic. So... What's interesting about this movie's, I guess, message, for lack of a better word, it's not a really a message movie. There's definitely frights in this spooky, haunted house type of stuff. The part of this that's really interesting is that imagine, if you will, a world where you have aged. You have been give, given the blessing of being able to age because not everybody gets to do that. You are now older. You are now needing some support, some supportive living. Your family and you decide that you want to go live in this manner and it's the best thing for you. And look, there's other peers. They seem spunky. It's fabulous. You make friends. And then like shit starts to go down where you realize that there might be some abuses going on. There might be some bad Mm. things going on. And then guess what? You're like the older lady that's, that's saying shit's going down. And guess what? The people who have power over you, who give you your meds, Mm -hmm. who can restrain you to the bed, Mm -hmm. who can do all of these things are, are gaslighting you. Mm. So how do you get out of it? Right. But it's not, as dark as that might sound as a movie. So there's definitely allies right from the beginning and you kind of realize who's going to help her out, who's going to not. So she, you know, it's a horror movie, so there's an arc to it, but Mm. that's the dark part of the premise is the beginning of what I think is effective about it is that this could happen to anyone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The spooky part, not so much, right? Like, because you know, we either believe in that or you don't, but it ends up being very interesting. I'm not going to give it away. I would say watch it and enjoy it. Not the best movie, but you know, three out of five stars kind of thing. Not okay. the best movie you've ever seen, but interesting. And Barbara Hershey, y'all. 
Yeah, she's awesome. She's great. So watch it for her to support her career because she's beautiful and talented and she's really good in this. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So now I believe we have come to the portion of the show where I am supposed to guess and I haven't even thought about the questions. Where are they? Here are they. Okay. All right. Number one, how tall is Jason Voorhees? Six five. Yes. Oh. Well, Kane Hodder was six three, about six three, but the Derek Mears, I think, who also played Jason, he was six five. He was the tallest Jason. And then the tallest villain in horror and or sci fi was whom? Whom? Michael Myers. It's actually the Predator. No. And the Predator (laughs) stood at seven feet three inches. Sounds good. Number two, what iconic monster movie claims to be the most successful horror franchise in history? Dracula. Good guess, but it's Godzilla. Oh, that makes so much more sense. Yeah. Godzilla. Godzilla. Number three, which 90s horror movie won three Academy Awards? Silence of the Lambs. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Okay. Number four, the Babadook scared the hell out of which horror director? Um, James Wan. William Friedkin. Oh, fair. And number five, according to many people who knew this late director, he could not stand to look at his wife while she was pregnant. (laughs) Roman Polanski. Great guess. Uh, (laughs) Alfred Hitchcock. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) Thank you so much for that. I got one right. One, oh, half. I got half a question right. I got, but I I don't know. I felt like there were some good guesses in there. There were. You could make up some answers for me, but I appreciate that you didn't. Thank you all so much for listening. <laughs> Happy Halloween. I hope you enjoyed the show today. We put our extra special effort into it. And, and join us next week for uh, some more Friday the 13th fun. And we have a lot in store for you for the rest of the fall in November and December. So we hope you keep coming back. Thank you so much for listening. This has been an episode of Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Happy Halloween, everyone. <laughs> oh.